Welcome, it's Indisputable. I'm your host, Rashad Richie. Good to be with you. We have a lot on the agenda today. Breaking down news of the day, my contributor, none other than Dan Evans, host, Good Morning Bad News, Power Report, and Audio Face. During the bullpen, we have my old friend Shelly Winter. Yeah, that guy. We're going to talk about what in the hell is going on in the state of Georgia with Senator Raphael Warnock now in a runoff with Herschel Dan Walker. All right, first story of the day Herschel Dan Walker compares himself to horse manure. Here it is. And he put us here for a reason. And we're here to win this election, are we not? Hey, so the, I'm going to tell you this little story. I've been talking about these two little boys. And one little boy is always positive in life. No matter whatever happened to that kid, he was positive about it. But this other little kid was always negative. No matter whatever's going on in his kid's life, he was negative about everything. And the father don't know what's going on with these kids because they're twins, but they're so opposite. So around Christmas time, he tried a little experiment. He put this negative kid in his room, nothing but brand new toys. But he put this positive kid in his room, nothing but horse manure. And after an hour or so, he looked down on this negative kid and he was complaining, I don't want this, I want that. I don't want this, I want this. And the father knew that this kid is never going to amount to anything because nothing ever makes him happy. But he looks in on the kid that's in the room with the horse manure, he got a shovel. He's shoving his horse manure over his shoulder, he's laughing and singing and having a good time. First thing the father thinks, this kid's got to be crazy. But he says, son, what's going on? What's going on, little boys? You know, dad, as much horse manure as there is in this room, there must be a pony at the bottom of it. What? Okay. Um, Herschel Walker was comparing himself to either A, horse dung, or B, the pony, which was full of horse dung. All right, that was his speech. The man has not won a damn thing, and he's already talking like this. Here's how Warnock sounded, Senator Warnock addressing people after the election. This race is about competence, and it's about character. And when it comes to that, the choice could not be more clear between me and Herschel Walker. We've seen that Herschel Walker has a disturbing history, a pattern of violence against women, against his own family, and he takes and he refuses to take responsibility for that, and he refuses to even answer questions. And so the question right now is this, is that who we want? No! Representing Georgia. As you should be well aware, they're in the runoff. All right, state of Georgia, let's get to it. Republican Senate candidate Herschel Walker addressed supporters ahead of election results and shared a story about a boy who gets horse manure for Christmas. Which by the way, if you stick a child in a room like that, that is child abuse, Herschel. While his twin brother gets new toys, according to Walker, and then complains. Walker likens himself to the child who received the manure. Because there must be a pony at the end of the tight Senate race. Neither Senator Raphael Warnock, the Democrat nor Republican Herschel Walker cleared 
during Tuesday's election. Forcing a sprint to a head to head matchup on December 6th between the two candidates. On Wednesday, Warnock led Walker by just over 35,000 votes. But Georgia law requires a runoff if no candidate clears 50%. So let me give you the precise language of the Georgia statute. Your mandate to govern in a statewide contest can only be accomplished when you receive 50% plus one additional vote. Many publications will say 51%, that is untrue. You can get less than 51% and still have a constitutional mandate to govern. Brian Kemp, the current governor who recently defeated Stacey Abrams, did not get 51% of the vote. It was below that, but he was over 50% plus one. Now let me go back to a strategy dynamic. About three months ago, we were able to uncover that the third party libertarian candidate, Chase Oliver in that Senate race was actually being utilized in order to bring votes down for Warnock. Now, typically, the Libertarian candidate will take conservative votes away from the Republican nominee. Well, that depends on messaging. There was messaging coming from the Libertarian side, maybe not paid for by the Libertarian party, but it definitely wanted to strike connection between Libertarians and Blacks. Well, now you're in a runoff. I think they wanted a runoff from the beginning. I think they believe that Herschel Walker would do much better in a runoff than in a general election. So they put some money behind the Libertarian candidate. Look at the disclosure if you don't believe me. Now, what does that mean strategically? Remember, they already had this plan well before this election. Two years ago, the state of Georgia passed restrictions on voting. We called it the voter restriction bill. They called it freedom to vote. Voter protection, fairness in election, they branded it contrary to what it was. But there's a minor detail, actually two, two minor details in the bill that created the dynamic you're about to see in a few weeks in Georgia. One is the fact they decided to shorten the amount of time between a general election and the runoff. Because research shows it typically takes Democrats more messaging dynamics and more time during the holiday season to come back out and vote. Republicans have not seen that kind of statistical dynamic in Georgia. So they shorten it to advantage the Republicans. Number two, if you live in the state of Georgia and you happen to be overseas or just out of the state serving your country in the United States military, that same voter restriction law eliminates a person's ability to vote in the runoff election. Hear me, it stops their ability. They cannot technically vote in the election. The state of Georgia, when Republicans passed the law, they did not consider the US military. When they shortened the time between the general and the runoff, they did not consider turnaround time for those serving the country. So what did they do? They created a ballot that makes you pick more than one candidate in case of a runoff. That's how they participate. That is completely contrary to the rules of engagement as it relates to voting. But that's exactly what they've decided to do. Disenfranchising military voters, how? Because they are actually voting on an election at the time that does not exist. Or what if they changed their mind? What if they wanted to vote for Walker the first time? 
But during the new campaign in the runoff, they've decided to vote for Warnock. Those in the military serving outside of the state of Georgia will not have that opportunity. All right, my dear brother, what are your thoughts here? I think A, it's a very important thing to emphasize why all politics is local because those are insights and bits of information that are very hard to find in other places. So it's important that you're on the ground there and really paying attention to it. Because I myself was wondering why the previous runoff wasn't on right before January 6th, like January 5th, and this one's now in December. It's a really important insight that, of course, Republicans especially in Georgia, are realizing that this can give them an advantage. I say especially in Georgia because Brian Kemp, when he was Secretary of State, I believe, also had a history of finding ways to make it so Republicans had an advantage at the ballot box. I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, Dr. He was behind a lot of the poll site closures in the state of Georgia, mm-hmm. making it harder for people to access the vote. So it doesn't really surprise me this is happening. I hope that this uh, that Warnock's able to excite some energy here that the idea of the Senate looking more blue than possible and the red wave looking like more of a red trickle as John Adarola puts it, I think. I think hopefully that can push Democrats over the edge with Warnock. But again, the tables are stacked once again for Walker. We need to take this very seriously. All right, we have an indisputable exclusive. I'm gonna go straight to the video, here it is. Okay, they came into the cell, he's on suicide watch. They jump him, they beat him up, he's providing no resistance. This is a gang related attack, obviously. Look at the brutality here. Other inmates literally come to save this man. No other news agency has this story yet. We're the first to bring this to you. And I have significant background as to what happened to this man. Very sad, it continues. And what happened afterwards is that literally, They did nothing to help him, all right? Let's put up a picture of the Camden County facility. This is in Georgia. As a matter of fact, Camden County is very close to Florida. And many of those who live in Camden County will commute and work in the state of Florida. The video shows five jail employees entering the cell of Mr. Hobbs. Mr. Hobbs was there for a nonviolent offense and obviously committed no violence to provoke those cops. At least three white male staff members beat and strangled Mr. Hobbs before dragging his completely limp body out of the cell. They brutalized him. Hobbs was arrested for driving under a suspended license and possession of a controlled substance. That's what he was in there for. The 41 year old was held in isolation for 15 days after the unprovoked attack, after. He did not receive any medical attention at all. One of the officers in the video did have his hand placed in a cast after he punched a a jail wall in a missed blow at Hobbs. There's more. 
Hobbs says he was bruised and bleeding from the thrashing. One of his dreadlocks was ripped from his bloody scalp. Here's the quote, Jared Hobbs says to Indisputable, I really thought I was going to lose my life that night. That I was the only thing I was telling myself was don't fall to the ground. Because you know that's how George Floyd died. So that's why I would not fall to the ground even though I had five or six officers on me. It could be, could have been the last day of my life. Hobbs was then charged with nine counts of assault, never received medical attention, was placed in solitary confinement for 15 additional days. Because this gang of criminals, these thugs, these corrupt cops decided to jump him. He was charged with battery, obstruction of justice, other counts including, but not limited to issues related to those officers, which he did not hurt. Let's go to Harry Daniels, okay? Harry Daniels is a civil rights attorney. He is now representing Hobbs. Harry Daniels gave indisputable investigates a direct quote. It says, Mr. Hobbs, Entered the Camden County Jail suffering a psychological episode and asking to be placed in protective confinement. Instead of protecting him, however, these deputies jumped him and beat him mercilessly. It's like something out of a bad movie, according to the civil rights attorney. He goes on to say, this video is undeniable and the deputies actions are inexcusable. They acted like a gang of dangerous thugs. And we're formally requesting the DA to bring charges against them immediately. Frankly, they deserve to be behind bars and not running a jail. We also had communication directly with the fiance. Let's put up the picture of the happy family. Hobbs fiance, her name is Carla, tried for over two weeks to get in touch with Mr. Hobbs. He was denied contact after They criminally assaulted him. They have a daughter, beautiful child. And I wanna say this to the daughter, your father did not deserve this. I think your dad is a good man. Those cops that did what they did, those are the bad men. And that's why it's important for young leaders like you to stand up for righteousness. Carla. Also got the NAACP involved. After they assaulted him, she says, they did not let him call anybody. I ended up calling the NAACP. When the man went to check on him, they lied to him and told him it was all the fault of Mr. Hobbs. You see, what's happening here? Do you think this is the first time they've run into a sale and just beat up somebody? First time? Of course not. There's more. Uh, let's put up the people who are in charge, okay? Camden County Sheriff Jim Proctor and Jail Administrator Major Rob Mastrioni. Now here's what needs to happen. 
Obviously transparency, policy changes, justice for those who were hurt. Not just in this situation, but the ones previous that we do not have a record of. Now until we see transparency here, those two gentlemen will be the face of this story every time you Google it. Let's put up our way that you can contact us. I made a proclamation a few weeks ago and I said, if there are good cops out there, because everybody says they're good cops and I know a few. If you are a good cop, prove it, let us know about the corruption, the violations, the criminality of bad cops. You can email us here at indisputable at tyt.com. Also, if you are working in a private corporation, government entity, and there's injustice, discrimination, it's impacting the community at large, contact us. We want to know about it. Transparency is the great disinfectant to corruption. All right, my dear brother, brother, what are your thoughts here? Having that on camera is sadistic and it shows how brazen, and I agree with what you're saying there. It definitely suggests that they have systemically done this kind of thing before. Yeah. We definitely wanna see more evidence of that before we make that conclusion. But the way they're going, oh yeah, it was his fault, even though everything is on camera. The fact that they, this gang as you're putting it, because we need to reject and reframe the situation. Yeah. This gang went into the cell, mobbed against him when he was already in a psychological situation, threw a bunch of charges at him and then refused any sort of help for him. He, I even really feel for him because he said, listen, whatever situation I was feeling in my head mentally, I was really down at my lowest point, but I was not going to let them break me. I was not gonna yep. go down that way. That takes a lot of heart and I, there needs to be a lot more said about this. The last thing on this really fast is there's such this concern from Republicans and conservatives about a crime wave in this country and that we need to fund the police more, that we need to fund the prisons more. This is what we get. This is what we get in the country where we have a fourth of the prisoners in the world. We don't need to fund the prisons better. We need to have a better system for for actually rehabilitating people and we need to have a system that gets rid of corruption like this in the first place. Well said, and you cannot defeat crime by reacting to crime. You must be proactive with the elements that created the criminality in the first place. All right, we got another exclusive. Remember the cop who acted insane, ridiculous, punching the car of a woman that he pulled over? Well, we have the exclusive update. He has now been fired. Let me take you directly to that video again. Driver's license, ma'am. You, you just punched my car. Driver's why did you license. just punch my car, sir? Ma'am, driver's license, please. You just punched my car. Why did you just punch my car? And why do you? Okay, I'll get you the driver's license. Why did you just punch my driver's car? License. My car was driver's recording. License. Why were you? Okay, I am getting my license. Driver's why did you just, license. Sergeant Baker? Driver's license. Why, let me see your. Let me driver's see your. License. Let me see your. your driver's car. license. Don't, now. don't put your hand on my Dri car. Driver's license now. Don't put your hand in my Driver's car. License now. One Driver's second. You wait. Driver's license now. Driver's license. So can you tell me why you Driver's get... license. Driver's license. Driver's license. Driver's license. So Lieutenant Wright. Driver's license. This is for you and Driver's license. 
Driver's license. I am um, giving Driver's him license. my license. Driver's license. Very ever. Driver's license. Please. I asked him. Ma'am, please. Can you give me your driver's license? I already made a complaint. Ma'am, can you give me your driver's license? Ma'am, can you give me your driver's license? Ma'am, can you give me your driver's license? One second, sir. Ma'am, can you give me your driver's license? One second. Ma'am, can you give me your driver's license? One second. Ma'am, and he's being very upright. He went past. He went past and he hit. Ma'am, can you give me your driver's license? Ma'am, driver's license. He went past and hit my car. Why did you go past? Driver's license. When I find it, driver's license. You have to wait till I find it. There's more. Wait before we go to it. Remember, this cop has already punched her car walking up to it and it created a significant dent. If the damage is more than $250 in the state of Georgia, which it did look as if it was more than 250, that's a felony. So you have an officer likely walking up to this woman already committed one felony. And now he's screaming like this, but there's more background to their relationship. Here it is. Break you, the window. Okay. I'm about to well, break, break the window. my window, sir. Driver's license. Sir, break my Driver's window. License. Break the Driver's window, sir. License. Break now. Break the window, sir. Driver's license. Sir, break my window, please. Driver's license. Now. You got three seconds. You got three seconds. Yes. Three seconds for your driver's and license. And I'm sitting here. One. And this is the same Two. sergeant I made a complaint on. Driver's license. And uh, I'm sitting here pregnant, and I'm pretty here pregnant. He's busting. You don't, you don't have to bust my window. Thank I'll you give you my license when I get it. You are recording this. I will give you my license when I get it. I will give you my license when I get it. Two. Driver's license now. So he's starting to hit it. He's starting to hit my car. Uh. Yes. This is the same one I made a complaint on. Yes, and he's in uh, with Tasha Mosley, and this is the one I have the lawsuit on. So I went past and he hit my car. And this young man right here was on duty as well. Sir, sir, can you tell me your name? Driver's license. It's on the ground. Driver's license. Hit my, bust this window. Okay, you saw what happened. And according to her, the individual who was being accosted by this cop, she has a complaint, an active complaint against him. Let's put up his picture full mass. We have the update. Sergeant Johnny Baker, and it's so sad he's a sergeant. That means he's a supervisor. He passed the sergeant's test. Sergeant Johnny Baker of the Lovejoy, Georgia Police Department was fired. Thursday evening, a police officer connected with the department told indisputable directly. As we previously reported, the pregnant black woman who recorded the incident had a history of being harassed by the same sergeant. She already issued a complaint against that sergeant and has an ongoing lawsuit. Let's put up the chief, Lovejoy Police Chief Michael A. Gaddis suspended Sergeant Baker and placed him on administrative leave pending an internal investigation. Here's Chief Gaddis and Mayor Bob Cartwright. Now, that investigation actually concluded yesterday. A source in the city says the mayor, Cartwright, requested the sergeant be completely removed from duty. Chief Gaddis confirmed with indisputable 
Sergeant Baker's employment has now been terminated with the Lovejoy Police Department on November 10th. We were the first ones to cover this as a news agency. Nobody else had covered it at that point nationally. It was making the rounds on social media. Details were difficult to come by. But do you think that person should be a cop? Of course not. Do you think he should supervise cops? Hell no. And this is why it's important for transparency to reign supreme. Now, I gotta give credit what credit is due. How do you think we got this story? We got this story, we got to the bottom of this. Because individuals who decided to talk with us, who do wear a uniform, badge and gun every day. They went directly in conversation with us about what actually happened. Because bad cops gotta go. All right, Dan, thoughts here. It's a really good ending to the story in the sense that clearly, and we've seen in a lot of cases, especially recently, where you have cops who are their first point to seeing someone is in arrest is with deadly force, with a threat. Like there was that poor man who was like shot multiple times in his car driving away from McDonald's a couple weeks ago or a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. Like there needs to be a right for people, understandably, to want to protect themselves from undue, unnecessary assault from these armed police officers who are out there. And so yes, it's very good. It's giving me a little bit more hope when you see officers who are willing to stand up and say, no, I need to root this out of our department. We need to show that we are better than this. We need to actually protect and serve our citizens. The only thing I wanna see now is usually you see people like this bounced across police departments across the state or across the country. There needs to now be a blacklist for people like this. I don't want them to even be a security guard. I barely want them to even be like a manager at a Little Caesars. This people like this should not have authority and we need to make sure that is down the line, at least not until they get serious counseling. Well said, we have more on the other side. Is indisputable stick and stay. Welcome back. We have a lot of show left. Listen, there's some breaking news and it has impacted a lot of people. We want to make sure we bring it to you. The person who played the voice of Batman in the animated series for decades, Kevin Conroy, has passed away. This happened on Thursday according to his rep following a short battle with cancer. Since first breaking out as the comic book hero, Kevin's played the character on TV, in movies, and also video games countless times. Kevin is survived by his husband, Vonsi Williams, sister Trisha Conroy, and brother Torn Conroy. He was 66 years of age. The production team here put something together in honor. Mr. Conroy, here it is. If you were a kid back in the 90s and early 2000s, then chances are you were probably watching the animated series about the Batman. Behind every great animated hero is a great voice actor. And for me, that actor is Kevin Conroy. How was that? That was good, Kevin, keep going. Okay. I am vengeance, I am the knight, I am Batman. Voicing Batman for 29 years has been an extraordinary experience because it evolved from being an acting job to being kind of the embodiment of a cultural touchstone for a lot of people. People come up to me all the time and just want to grab me and hug me because they know me. 
I've shared my deepest emotional life with them through my performance and through my voice. We will keep his family and friends and our thoughts and prayers. All right, we have a lot of your comments. I'm gonna read as many as I can, kind of press for time. All right, let's start with Bill's dragons circles the wagons. All right, good stuff. Did he say in that story that the father did a experiment <laughs> like the gum? You caught that too. See, I wasn't gonna say anything about it. Um, O'Jam says this cop is acting like a giant child. <laughs> it was. You know how kids would just repeat the same word over and over? The child brained adult is a cop. Karen Brass Brastetter, I think. Brandstetter. I wish I could feel happy on Veterans Day. I lost a Navy officer husband 25 years ago from Agent Orange. So very proud of all the military. Let me express that same sentiment. We are proud of those who have served to protect the country. You don't have to support a war to support the warriors, all right? Condolences to you, continued, all right? Barbara Joyce Brooks, uh, thank you for that. If Stacey Abrams runs for governor again, she would do well to hire you as her campaign strategist. That, yeah, probably. Um, and let's go to a Martin, thank you. This is called routine protocol. In the Popo department, talking about the jail attack, and he's actually correct. Um, Roxy Waters, jails and prisons just make better criminals, doesn't rehabilitate, uh, rehabilitate. I got something for you. Ladies and gentlemen, I wish you Karen would. You want to call the police on them for having a barbecue on a in Sunday? You feel free. Back off. I'm going to tell them there's an African American man threatening my life. Crash into my car? I know you're taping me. I know you're taping me. You bitch. What do you get out of the car? Get out of the car. Let's go. Let's go, tough guy. You're being tough because I'm wearing this uniform. Smash it. You're being tough because I'm wearing this uniform, right? Being tough? I'm pretty sure if I wasn't wearing this uniform, you wouldn't no, no, be doing no, the no, same no, thing. No, 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 no. You almost whatever. hit my car. Whatever, okay. All right, whatever. Okay, watch your car and you watch other people's property. That's nothing to do with a uniform. Got plenty of friends in UPS. Paul. Vinny, nice guy. Good job. You want to be a tough guy? Get the f out of the car. Let's see. Maricon, you're choking a pinga, right? You're I have Maricon. no idea what the f you're saying. No car. idea what the f you're Get saying. Get out of the car. Come Get on, out of the car. Come on, put your hands on me. Put your hands on me. Come on. Put your hands on me. No. Get out of the car. Come on. Put your hands on me. Put your hands on me. Get out of the car. Put your hands on me. Come on. And you'll call the cops and you're looking to sue me because you want the money, right? Paul and Vinny. Okay. There's more. Here it is. I don't need your right? money. Well, why do you don't need my your money? Why do you want to need your money? They should. That's why they should put a wall up. A wall up. A wall up. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Get down. A wall up. A wall up. Get down. Get down. Get down. Okay, you're not going to get me, guy. I got your plate. Because you're a plate. What are you doing with the plate? I got your I know place. all Nassau County cops. Good. Good for you. Go ahead. Good for you. You're a tough guy, Go right? Ahead. No, you're, you're a fucking... tough guy. Did I get out you're of my f truck? Did I get out of my truck? Did I get out you of my truck? You feel tough in the car? You feel tough in the car? Get out of the car. Oh. Yeah, there we go. There we go. Yeah, I know. Real 
Uh, on Glenwood, we will call this an as an opportunity situation, okay? So the UPS uh, driver side operates in a way when the door is open, literally there is nothing stopping you. My point is, listen, I do not advocate violence. But if he wanted the action that bad, it really wasn't difficult. But he did not want that action. He wanted to be bigoted and violent, that's it. Okay, um, I did think the way the UPS driver handled this, perfect. He provided aggression when necessary. And he also provided the walk away when required. Well done. Dan Thoughts here. I appreciate the de-escalation measures you're taking yep. here when he said, nope, you're not gonna get me. You're not gonna do me like that. I, I like how, you know, every time sometimes you hold in your moments, like sometimes it's, oh, you chose the right day. But sometimes yep. other people are just not worth it. And that guy wasn't worth it. I but one major point here, I love how his threat was, oh, I know all the cops around the area. Uh, it really? <laughs> so you're saying that the cops will just like do whatever you want to say? I either don't want to believe that, even though covering the show and doing things on the show, I feel that that's true. But I also think this guy's just talking really tough right now because he doesn't have even have his car to talk from. Right. Let's put up his picture full mass, okay? Because look at that. Just a small man on the inside trying to be somebody. Insult to babies. Yeah. You're somebody today, sir. You're on indisputable. We'll come to you when we're ready. Don't go in front of people like that. I can just remove you from the store if you want. That's perfect. You try. Try? Try. You, get, you do it then. And let them let them take care of it. Here's what's going on. Just like this. Hey, whoa, whoa, don't touch me, bro. Don't touch me, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Just like this. There you go, don't come back in. There you go. Oh my God. Don't hit me, don't hit me. Don't touch me. Hit me again. Hit me again. I ain't hitting you again. Hit me 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 Seems like everybody had a little bit of carinicity in them, except for the brother who came and saved the day. Um, David, thoughts on this debacle that you just saw? It was quite active. Well, you, you put the, the key word out there and that this is spectrum. So I'm loath to sort of judge anybody <laughs> who might be, um, shall we say, angry or frustrated with their cable provider. Uh, clearly, a lot of us have been there at the cable store trying to return equipment, trying to get equipment, trying to get equipment to work and we freak out because we don't know. Um, I, I wish people would not resort to violence even if they felt like it was the cable provider who deserved the violence. And again, uh, locking the door of the store doesn't seem to be effective. Uh, thank goodness there was somebody who was a little bit more level headed who sort of separated the, the warring factions here and said, let's just let it go. Yeah, it was interesting. It is what it is. Uh, but damn, I didn't even know they still do the equipment thing like that. <laughs> I, I, it's been so long since I've had cable, man. Okay, yep. 
All right, I get it. I used to be there too, brother, a while ago. <laughs> All right. I have another update. Cops suspended after they decided to arrest a blind man for absolutely nothing. We brought you this story just a few days ago. Now there's discipline. Let me remind you of what happened. Here it is. Am I detained? Yeah, you are. What's your name and date of birth? It does not matter. Yes, sir, it does. Do you have a crime? Would you like me Call to your put supervisor, you in here? He's please. right here. All right. Don't, you don't. Sir, what's the stop for? For a walking stick. So, and it could look like a weapon. She asked you to really? present it, okay? Now she's asking me for ID. I don't need the ID unless a reasonable, articulated suspicion that I have committed a crime and committing a crime and or about to do a crime. Sir, and her suspicion was that you were armed, okay? And she's asking for your ID. Nope, doesn't work that way, officer. Bearing arms is a constitutional right, which means it cannot be the prerequisite to criminal suspicion. That would be like you voting, exercising a constitutionally protected right could grant cops the ability to say that is suspicious behavior. No, it's constitutional behavior. Number two, the interesting dynamic about what you just saw happens every day in law enforcement. The supervisor sets the tone for management. The reason why she was comfortable acting that way is because his leadership protects it, hand in glove situation. Then they arrest a guy. Here it is. Okay. He gets arrested for resisting arrest, but he was not under arrest. All right, let's put up the picture full mass of the tyrants. As one officer described herself, the involved officers were Deputy Jamie Goad and her supervisor, Sergeant Randy Harrison. They will now face suspension without pay after arresting a 61 year old legally blind man who was simply carrying a cane. The deputy involved will be suspended without pay for two days. Her supervisor will be demoted immediately, suspended without pay for seven days, and will not be eligible for any favorable action, meaning promotion, etc. Both uh, for two years. Both the deputy and her supervisor will have to undergo uh, civil rights training. Now, here's what I'm going to do. Okay, let me take it directly to what the sheriff said and how he addressed it. 
that that day for Mr. Hodges to complete a sworn statement at a later date uh, upon his availability. The administrative investigation concluded the afternoon of 11-7 and al uh, allegations of policy violations against these two deputies were sustained. As a result of these findings, Sergeant Harrison will be demoted immediately, suspended without pay for seven days, and will not be eligible for any favorable action for two years. Deputy Godey will be suspended without pay for two days. Both deputies will be required to undergo remedial training pertaining to civil rights. That's your problem. They clearly should not be cops. We covered something that was done by the former mayor of Ithaca, New York. We had him on the show. And he talked about how they created a program that literally eliminated, virtually eliminated these types of aggressions against their community. What did they do? Very simple. They mandated psychological exams and a lie detector test for those who qualify to be cops. 75% did not pass. The 25% who did, 100% of them never gave the city an issue with the community nor a lawsuit, okay? Um, some semblance of justice, however, not harsh enough. They should not be suspended, they should be fired. They need to be something else, not cops. All right, Dan, thoughts? The only other thing I think I disagree with in this entire story is that blind man was indeed armed with his rights. He knew it exactly what was going on. He knew exactly what would happen or what the situation would look like if there were a probable cause for him to be arrested, if there were a justification for him to be arrested. But he even demonstrated, okay, I see that your concern or suspicion is that I have a weapon. As you can see, this is a walking stick. As I can demonstrate for you, I am blind. There's no reason for you to take my identification. There's no neat reason for you to waste my time or your time slash my resources as a taxpayer. So go on, get to step in. The fact that the supervisor and the deputy continued on anyways because they're on their clear power trip. Yeah, it shows that there need to be better ways of weeding people who just want to play out their bully fantasies on the streets, again, with taxpayer money. I think that yeah. part needs to be always emphasized as well. I wanna highlight one last element of this story because it's important to the record. Okay, according to the arrest report, right, the official report, Officer Godey, Deputy Godey, stopped James Hodges of Lake City, a town west of Jacksonville, in the early morning of October 31st. Remember, he was coming back from jury duty. After she saw him enter a crosswalk as a traffic control device indicated not to do so. That's contrary to her submission to the man who was arrested. Where's the violation of oath of office or filing a false police report? Where's that charge? Where is that allegation? It's not there. We found a contrary statement on the record. Deputies, sheriff, all right. We got more on the other side, it's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. Let me read one comment. I'm really pressed for time. I wanna make sure we get at least one in. Thank you all for always joining the conversation. Okay, Twitch. Overseer Dixon, I know my favorite Cape Crusader. I'm crushed. Thank you, Dr. Rich for this. All right, appreciate that. 
a white city councilman in Alabama sucker punches the black mayor. Here it is. This surprising video of a black Alabama mayor being punched in the face is shocking a community. The man arrested for throwing the punch, a white city councilman. On Wednesday, Tarrant police officials releasing video of the attack appearing to show Councilman John Thomas Bryant hit Mayor Wayman Newton in the parking lot after a council meeting. Officials saying the incident took place in front of witnesses, including the Tarrant police chief. Officers placed Bryant under arrest at the scene. Moments before the violence, this council meeting showing tense moments between the two leaders. I disagree with everything you said. Everything you said is erroneous. Their arguments escalating. No, I'm talking. I'm talking. If a police officer would tell you the truth about it, Mayor Newton telling NBC News in part, Tommy Bryant is a self-proclaimed racist who has been determined to harm my administration and our city, adding. Bryant has no business serving as a public official in our state. Put up his picture. Now, I highly encourage the community and those that have some sense on council to coordinate your efforts and have this clown removed, okay? All right, so let me give you the background. Alabama City Councilman was arrested for punching his all mayor. Tommy Bryant was charged with third degree assault. After striking Mayor Wayman Newton in the parking lot of Tarrant City Hall, government property. This was Monday night. It was witnessed by everybody, including the police chief himself, witnessed the whole thing. He was booked, the councilman was booked into the Jefferson County Jail. $1,000 bond was administered. It was a harassment charge. That was later upgraded to assault. Bryant gained infamy last year for calling a black council member a house in word. Yes, he admits it. All right, let's go to that incident. Here it is. And this is not the first time the men have been in the news. In July 2021, Bryant faced serious backlash after he used the N-word when referring to a councilwoman at a meeting. Do we have a house in here? Yeah, you. In an interview with NBC affiliate WVTM at the time, Bryant stood by using the word, saying he was repeating language the mayor used. I thought that the city ought to know what kind of terminology the mayor uses, and I didn't want him to get away with it. So that's the reason I made that, that comment. Many in the community pressuring him to resign. What a lot of the public's definition is, I might be a racist, but according to what the true meaning of racist is, absolutely not. One month after that scandal, Mayor Newton was arrested on a harassing communication charge, allegedly using obscene language toward Bryant and his wife. This according to charging documents obtained by NBC Birmingham. A court found him not guilty, a point he emphasized publicly at this week's meeting. You remember we had a trial, a full blown out trial, and I was found not guilty you by a judge. Two words to sum this whole thing up, white privilege. All right, Dan, thoughts? I have three words to sum this up, boondock season five. <laughs> That's the best way I could look <laughs> at that. Man, it really is. <laughs> no, like that, that, that felt, it, 
as gross and as brazen as the racism is and the punches are, I like how the mayor stood his ground. He was like, look, this is one of the most racist MFers I have ever experienced in my entire life. He shouldn't be anywhere near any seat of power. And he's brazen about it and he doesn't care. He's basically doing a look what I'm dealing with y'all. Like the yeah. only way I can sort of make that any like remove myself from the terribleness of that is assuming that Aaron Magruder is doing a really big surprise for us for the season five rollout or something because man. And that was terrible. And let me tell you why this is so important for us to highlight. The mayor, the council, well, they are policy architects. They create policy to benefit community. If an individual is racist, biased, if they are prejudiced, they're not making decisions to support you, even though your tax dollars pay them. That's the reason we highlight these stories. We got more on the other side. It's indisputable, stick and stay. All right, welcome back. What if I told you a former New Jersey GOP official called the cop called the cops on a nine-year-old girl because he was scared, he was afraid. Let's put up the picture full mass here, okay? Former Caldwell, New Jersey council member Gordon Losh allegedly called the police on a nine-year-old black child, a black girl, when he saw her catching spotted lantern flies. This is an invasive species killing trees in America. Um, and by the way, she was wearing a hoodie, which obviously meant to this individual, there's criminal activity going on. Lodge told the police, there's a little, and this is a quote, there's a little black woman walking, spraying stuff on the sidewalks and trees. I don't know what the hell she's doing. It scares me though, exact quote from that person, a former elected official. Here, this nine year old, her name is Bobby Wilson. And her older sister, Hayden, at a local board meeting decided to address those there. Hayden explains that her younger sister had researched safe methods to eliminate lantern flies in the community because they are a nuisance. And she was testing in her front yard when the former GOP official called the police and said he was afraid. Let me give you background on Bobby Wilson. She was featured in the October issue of the progress that highlighted her work to combat environmentally hazardous invasive species in the community. You're talking about a young brilliant scholar who was engaged in an activity obviously not illegal. Hayden, her older sister explained at the meeting and I quote, she was not only doing something amazing for our environment, she was doing something that made her feel like a hero. Our neighbor across the street decided it would be appropriate to call the police on my sister. According to Hayden, they're the only black family on the entire street. And her nine year old sister feared for her life because of the actions of this former elected official. Bobby sees all these other black children and adults on the news being killed by police officers for doing nothing wrong, Hayden said. So when this police car rode up beside her, she was immediately frightened because she did nothing wrong. 
No kid should be scared in their own town or on their own street. And I'm going to go even deeper. I do not believe this GOP official, I don't believe he didn't know who it was. Only one black family on the entire street and you don't know who this is and she's at a house? No, sir. All right, Dan, thoughts here? Yeah. I have a hard time believing that this official would feel threatened by the need to call the cops on a white child who is catching lantern flies, was it? Like, it is one of the nicest things. And in fact, I'm happy that there's a child who's getting to enjoy one of the few creatures we haven't destroyed due to man made climate change. But the fact that he escalates it by calling the police on the situation, when he has to be aware, the police are weaponized often against black people, if not physically, mentally, psychologically. Logically, yep. Through all these news stories that we see, but also through their presence by knowing that, oh, if you're here, we're an outstanding force and you don't have your rights. So I'm really suspect of the comments as well and the justification of it. But I'm glad this didn't end any poor, any yep. worse than it could have. Agreed. All right, this happened not too long ago. We have the big homie, Gilly the King. Who's always, you know, him, which is good. I actually like the guy. Don't agree with everything, but I definitely am on the side with this. Here it is. To walk up on and ask me, do I got illegal drugs in my bag? What are you talking Sir, about? Sir, you searched your you look in here? Am I searching you asked me, could you search it? No, 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 so no, no, I searched no, no, no. it for you. You don't lie to the camera, man. man. Don't lie to the camera. You walked up on pick me out. You, 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 you searched your pick own me out, man. You searched your own You picked me out. Where am I doing that? For what? I'm probably the richest person on this plane. Get away from me, man. You smell like marijuana. It's illegal in Texas. I smell like marijuana. Are you serious? Yeah, you do. Are you serious? Answer the question. Are you serious? Be real and don't lie. What do you mean? Be real. You don't be lie. real. Don't lie. Because you talking to, man. Yep. Be serious. I know exactly what I'm talking about. You smell like marijuana. What are you talking about? Pick the wrong one today, huh? Nobody. Let's put up a screenshot of the encounter and I'm going to give you some background. Now remember, this is the third story that we have reported on at Indisputable where a black male or black males were targeted in this way, okay? Philly bred rapper and digital creator, Gilly the King got into a heated exchange with a Texas officer while attempting to board a flight in Dallas. This happened Tuesday. Now, initially there was a report that this individual was a marshal. Nope, not true. According to an update by TMZ, he was simply a regular ass cop who had his badge on top of his plain clothes. All right, per TMZ before the video began, the officer had stopped Gilly on the, uh, on the bridge while boarding, commented he smelled like marijuana. Proceeded to ask to look inside his carry on bag. Wait a minute. Do you think he was, I don't know, smoking on the plane? You realize that in order to get to that part, he would have definitely gone through security checks, x rays, etc. There's more. And even before that moment, Gilly had no issues in the airport. Uh, Gilly and his million dollars worth of game podcast co-host Wallow and is a hell of a podcast by the way. They are fantastic. Uh, we're catching a flight from Dallas Fort Worth International Airport. 
before boarding the plane, his co-host posted a funny video of the two walking through the airport with no issues. They always post videos. Shortly after, the fun was completely over because of what you just saw. Let's put up the message directly from the victim here. Okay. Plane full of white folks leaving Dallas. And the only black man is asked, does he have illegal narcotics in his bag? You picked the wrong today, buddy. Okay. I actually appreciate the fact that he handled it the way he did because it shows me he's authentic. He's just like that on his podcast. Uh, marijuana laws in Texas, let's bring it up. Texas has some of the strictest marijuana laws in the entire United States. Recreational adult marijuana is illegal. And medical marijuana is legal but heavily regulated. Only patients with qualifying conditions such, such as cancer, autism, um, epilepsy, post-traumatic stress disorder, and multiple sclerosis can access the medical marijuana. So they do have penalties, here it is. Penalties for marijuana use, possession, and sale fall under penalty group two of the Texas Controlled Substance Act. Which can range from 180 days in jail to $2,000 in fine um, to, yep, to life imprisonment and a $50,000 fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's what the law says. Growing marijuana is also illegal and punishes, uh, punishments are similar to that of possessing, using, and selling. Uh, we're still here. We're still here. All right. As long as we document this, things will continue to progress in transparency. But it happens a lot. Dan, thoughts? What's ironic is that Texas is slowly becoming one of the more burgeoning areas of the cannabis space because of Delta 8 THC, which is a loophole to get around this Texas law. It's a slightly chemically different thing from regular cannabis marijuana that people consume. And that's perfectly legal in Texas because it's around a loophole. It goes to show how archaic these laws are and how it's a waste of police resources and time to enforce these things. But let's step back and come back to the story here. This police officer doesn't seem to have been actually on duty. It doesn't seem to have been his jurisdiction to be doing what TSA's job is supposed to be doing and apparently profiling people of color, which is what TSA does already well enough. But it looks like he was wrong here. He definitely messed with the wrong one. And I think for the cop, he's lucky it ended that way. He chose to walk away. And let me say this, at the end of that exchange, the cop said, I know exactly who you are. I think this was likely targeted as Gilly insinuated in his conversation with them. All right, we got more. Brother, always good to have you on the program. Tell people how they can follow you, check out your great work. Check me out on Good Morning Bad News on TikTok, Power Report, wherever you get podcasts, youtube.com slash Dan as well. And Audio Face, we're about to do our end of the year better than the Grammys award show for music. So check it out there. Love Cheers, it. thank always, you. Always, always a pleasure, dear brother. We got more on the other side. The bullpen is next, stick and stay. All right, let's get it. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the bullpen. Yep, he's back. We got Shelly Winter, dear friend of mine, completely a misguided soul when it comes to politics. All right, um, very well known conservative talk radio personality. You see it in the background, 95. Point five, FM WSB host word on the street. All right, and um, 
let's just talk about, dear brother, what's happening in the state of Georgia right now. The runoff between Herschel Walker and Senator Raphael Warnock. I predicted on my radio show that Herschel Walker um, would either lose or force a runoff. We're in a runoff because of Chase Oliver, the third party libertarian candidate who pulled enough votes in order to stop any candidate from receiving what's called the constitutional mandate to govern. That's 50% plus one vote based on Georgia statute. Okay, I don't want to presume what you know, believe about why this race is in a runoff or the candidacy of Walker and Warnock. Give us your sentiment, I will then opine. Uh, well, thanks for having me, uh, my brothers, good to see you. Um, Honestly, it's all about the hatred for the Democrats down in Georgia. Um, Chase Oliver, if anything, stole a runoff, I mean, an outright victory from Herschel Walker, because we know libertarians usually draw votes from Republicans. So the 2% that, um, that uh, uh, Chase Oliver gained in this uh, election, probably a lot of that would have gone to Herschel Walker and uh, he would have won outright. But the reason why this is in a runoff, you know, aside from Chase Oliver's being a third party being in the race, is I can only attribute it to the hatred for Democrats. I mean, this guy, it's amazing to me. I've been following politics since I was a teenager. What's amazing to me is that this guy has sustained 70 plus million dollars in personal attack ads since May. That's not including national cable news going after him, calling him names. It doesn't include memes on social media. It doesn't include any of that. This guy has sustained 70 plus million dollars in attack ads, personal attack ads, his own son talking out against him, women coming out against him. And he's in a runoff with, by the way, an incumbent senator. Uh, who outspent the Walker campaign by 130 million, 138 million to 32 million, almost three times the amount, more than three times the amount of money spent by Warnock than Walker. So mm-hmm. the only thing you can attribute this to uh, is the fact that Georgia is actually a red state and that Warnock is what I would call an accidental senator. I love yep. Reverend <laughs> Warnock, he has been there. He has saved my life, his preaching has saved my life on several occasions. Um, I love the man, but the fact of the matter is that um, the reason why this is a runoff is because he is actually an accidental senator. 427,000 Republicans who voted in November 2020 race as four Republicans, Kelly Leffler, Donald Trump and so forth, did not come back to the polls in January for the runoff. And so that's why he's there Um, and that's not gonna happen again. Let me ask you this question because historical context is important. As you have just illuminated, Warnock, he gets in, there's a runoff, he is the incumbent. He's in a runoff, which is rare for a US Senator. But Warnock, who had never held political office before, was outspent in the campaign he ran. He ran against an incumbent Senator himself that had the support of the machine political structure of the state of Georgia and the support of Donald Trump. He defeated that machine. So let me pose this question to you based on your own logic. When Warnock and Ossoff, the two current US senators out of Georgia, when they defeated the entire machine, was it because of the voters hatred against the Republican Party? 
No, it was because 427,000 Republicans did not show up to the polls because they believed their votes wouldn't count because they went with a narrative of stop the steal. Who we did that? Know that? We know that. We, okay. we know well, that's me, what happened. Let me ask you this question. Who told them not Trump. to vote? Right, Trump did, okay? Yeah. Trump told them, don't come back and vote. And I think it was a few things that happened based on the stats. One, you're correct. There was an element of voter suppression connected to the messaging from Trump and allies. As a matter of fact, one Republican stood up at a rally and said, don't you vote on these Chinese machines right. until they get new machines, which was insane. Actually, actually, not to cut you off, but that okay. wasn't a Republican. That was Sidney Powell, who was a grifter with the other attorney, whatever his name was. They were just, they were grifters. They weren't well, let me Let me provide something in context. It was a conservative rally. Vernon Jones was there and others were on yeah, that stage at the, the same time. Who made the comment. I, I get, listen, I get that for the record. You all have been saying that about him for a long time. But he was an invited speaker. Yes, he was a designed and invited speaker by the conservative movement, the coalition of conservative organizations. So they, I guess, made a mistake, right? That, that's what you're saying. They no, should. they didn't make a mistake. The, okay. the, the party had nothing to do with it. The, the machine, as you call it. So right. you can't skip from the machine to conservative but groups. These were these they were, were not, conservative these, groups. No, they these were. were not. These were these were grifters who no, believed that an election was stolen, who gave but a speech. But they are conservative groups. They can be grifters and conservative. Yeah, that's true. I, I'm not okay. saying that, but you, you started with the machine. I'm just I'm just basing this no, on no, the fact No, no, I'm talking about said. the coalition that They weren't part created. of the machine. I would never Sir, describe him as part of the Trump machine. Trump is not part of the machine, technically. He's an outlier that's very yeah. effective inside of the machine. Yeah. So she had the support of both, that's my point to you. And were not defeated both of those machines at one time. Okay. Let me go. Let me go to a dynamic that I think is interesting. Um, but I, I, I need to get your point for saying that. What's your point? I'm going to my next one now. I have a limited amount of time. I'll say what I said for the record. So in this election, the conclusion of the election, you got a runoff, right? So the numbers, the numbers are important. We saw a two to four percent decrease. In black women participating and black men, black men lowered at 4%. Many people thought this was going to be a record turnout in Georgia. Every single platform that I'm on, I said, stop saying that. The reason is because it creates a false sense of security that Democrats have this in the bag. That's what it did, in my opinion, just strategically speaking. And we've been here before in 2016 in Georgia. Where you had a lot of early vote numbers. Oh, everybody said record breaking. It's going to shatter the record. All it did was shatter the early vote record because people who would normally vote on election day decided to vote early. And that's it. At the conclusion of this election, you actually had a decline of overall participation, which I warned could possibly happen if Democrats believed that all those early vote numbers were theirs. But the arrogance of some Democrats who refused. To look at the numbers coming out of rural Georgia, I reported on CBS 46, Atlanta News first, the rural counties that had hyper record breaking turnout and no Democrat in the state knew about it, nor did they speak to it. That's just my point, a little bit of criticism for my side. What are your thoughts on that? Well, my thoughts are that you were never going to even record turnout. Black men and black women only represent 28% of the total registered voters in the state of Georgia. So yep. even if you have record turnout amongst black women and black men, you still don't win a statewide election in Georgia. My That's point, not true. 
Well, I'm telling you, you still haven't won a statewide election. Okay, in but Georgia. that's not true. I will respond when you finish. Well, right, but you won. Ossoff and, and Warnock won simply because 427,000, not 427, okay. 427,000 Republicans, not that they never voted, they mm -hmm. voted in November, did not come back out. That's the only reason this state uh, went with those two senators. All right, so and let we're me seeing that now. Let me so, provide so you context. A Democrat is hard pressed to win a, okay. a statewide election in Georgia because it's still a red state, despite what the media wants to call us purple or blue. It's a red right. state. So let me respond to that with nuance to the data. There's no nuance to the data. There's numbers. Sir, the Shelly, numbers bear Shelly, me Shelly, if yeah, I was on math than math. Shelly, Sorry, if I was on your show, I would be respectful to the fact that you just submitted something that I'm responding to and vice versa. Go with the respect thing. Go ahead, my brother. Yeah, you know, it's something that we try to do on the left. You all have forgotten about on the right. Right, but we okay. You're an invited guest in my home, sir. Act right, like yes, yes, sir. Right? Yes, Thank yes, yes, uh, mustache man. See, <laughs> all right. Sorry. You you went to work with that outfit on that you got right now? Yeah, you I'm showed up to work like that. I wore radio. You on TV I'm today? I wore radio. But you on TV radio. today? Right. But this is my this is my style. God is dope. Okay. Shout all out right. to the black. So so here's the nuance. The reason why both Democrats won and it wasn't an anomaly with one, is because of a few factors. Yes, you had a natural suppression happening. And I've said this many times after the analysis, a natural suppression of conservative votes. Great, that happens sometimes, okay? You also had a hyper turnout of African American participation. That happened too. I don't think you get a victory without both happening at the same time. Because the natural demographics do not favor Democrats in the state of Georgia. So that was my nuance to the date. I think you would actually agree agree with my conclusion. Absolutely, I, I yep. think I just said that. Just you you as, said nothing. I didn't no, use sir. as many big words. No, you said, I said the, the only reason was because of the Republicans not voting. My point no, to I you said, was hold on. that wasn't I, it. It was also the hyper record breaking turnout of overall African American participation. Both of those elements combined to create the scenario of Senator Ossoff and Senator Warnock. And so let me complete your thought. With okay. being only 28% of the total voter base in Georgia, African Americans, male and female, mm -hmm. hyper turnout still doesn't negate the fact that Republicans lost almost 430,000 votes. So even if you have record turnout in this runoff, if Republicans return to the polls, you get obliterated. And well, we already I said, saw that. I said both happened. Statewide Democrats we got, got obliterated. We got one minute exactly, and I want to make sure I say this. For the record, submitted to you, you can respond to it quickly. Um, the demographics are interesting in the state of Georgia, but people forget that we've had black black statewide elected representation. We've had Michael Thurman, Commissioner of Labor. Uh, we've had the Attorney General for the state of Georgia, African American male. We've had a Democrat a female, Kathy Cox, Secretary of State. We've had black Democratic, black white male female. We've had all of this statewide representation. You're saying that in order to win in the state of Georgia, you're gonna need more than that. Well, remember, there was a time in the state of Georgia in very recent history, all except, well, the majority except for one office was all held by Democrats and many of them were African American men. You just, so when you, you just answered your own question. Kathy yep. Cox, Michael Thurman all won with the time to the towards the tail end of Democrats winning statewide. So you just yep. answered my your own point. question. No, sir, Michael my point Thurman was Michael one second, Thurman one doesn't second. win in One second. Shelly, my point was the natural demographics of the state of Georgia 
were even less diverse under those black statewide elected officials than they are today. If but you're many, saying this is only about the natural demographics, that means Michael Thurman never gets elected statewide. That's not true. He was a Democrat in a state that was overwhelmingly Democrat. The state but is you overwhelmingly said it was Republican. The natural demographics, the race demographics. I just disproved your point. No, you did it. The race demographics matter not if everybody in the state of Georgia, white and black, were Democrats. Everybody was not Democrats in the state of Georgia, that's, sir. That's Remember, what it was. The, the state, shift, no, sir. The sir, shift the did not happen. The shift was not complete. Look until at the presidential cycles. Shelly, do your homework. Georgia yeah. always went. The state of Georgia always elected or gave all of their electors to the Republican running for president. That has nothing to do with the state. Case. That, that is, means the majority on. of the voters that's, in the state voted for the Republican, dude, dude. even when they had black, white, yeah, black, statewide reputation. Rashad, you are smarter than that. You what know you mean? That's the a parties fact. are not. You, that's no, no, a fact. you know the. You know the parties are not the same. What I'm trying to tell okay. you is the state didn't go red until Sonny Perdue won the governor's seat. Before that, Michael Thurman and Kathy Cox and All right, brother, like we got literally three seconds. Following to the point. whole. Thank you, man. I appreciate it. Thank you, brother. Love you. Next show coming up. I'll bring you back, okay? All right, yeah, remember. Thanks. Thank you, man. Remember, take care of yourself, take care of each other, and take care of the planet. Remember, the truth is always indisputable. Welcome to Indisputable, I'm your host, Dr. Rashad Richard. We got a lot happening today, but what do we do on this show? We tell the truth, you know why we tell the truth? Because the truth is simply indisputable. Rashad, great to be here, congratulations on the new show. And I gotta let everybody know that Rashad and I go way back. Here's the pattern that we see in all of these Karen stories. They think they own stuff they do not own. Now, where does that come from? I don't know, maybe slavery. Maybe they think they should still own black people. This is what happens when Karens weaponize the police. When you're used to privilege, equality seems like oppression. It hits you in a certain way when someone is holding you against your will, treating you like you're a criminal and you're an innocent person. This is something that black people face no matter where they are. A stronger black economy lends itself to a stronger, greater economy. Don't think it's exclusive of you, it's inclusive of you. What's your beef with critical race theory? It adds more fuel to the fire of the racist tendencies that we already have. We have a generation of problem solvers that can remedy the problem if they are properly taught what the problem is. You know who created redlining in this country? Mm -hmm. The white liberal. I, I, don't, I don't give a damn who created it. If it's well, a racist I, 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 policy, I, I, racist I, policy. Shelly, here's what I don't to. know. I don't know. See, there you go filibustering, brother. You're scared of this truth, but you're gonna get it though.